from the time I've engaged with Kobe Bryant to the time of, of you know, his unfortunate passing, um, I've never had one bad experience with Kobe Bryant. I mean, the last time I spoke with him was a week before his untimely passing of him and his, and his daughter and those other people that were on that helicopter ride. Um, and he was cool then, you know, he'll, he'll joke around. Oh man, you again, you know? <laughs> so it's like, um, just, I think he was in the and I think he was really coming into his own. I think he really, he was after he left basketball, I really believe he started to really come into his own and really be comfortable. If you believe we can change the narrative, if you believe we can change our communities, if you believe we can change the outcomes, then we can change the world. I'm Rob Richardson. Welcome to Disruption Now. Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. With me is Nick Hamilton. Uh, uh, he is the uh, founder and CEO of Nightcast Media, uh, really redefining how media uh, is viewed and should be viewed working to really humanize uh, athletes, humanize entertainers, specifically entertainers that are uh, people of color because it's easy for the media and the media gets into this narrative where they dehumanize them, either make them greater than thou or some type of superhero or villain. There's usually no in between, they're superhero or villain and they're quick to do either one. So I, I, I really appreciate the fact that Nick works that actually have a nuance that we're human beings, we bleed, uh, and that's been that's really been the the uh, center of his focus for for his media company. So, Nick, welcome, brother. Hey, man. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you know, thanks for coming on. Quick, quick, quick note for the listeners. If you're listening to us on um, iTunes, Google Play, wherever, please give us a, a review. Please give us a like. It really helps us uh, and it helps us get discovered more. So we appreciate all the listeners that are there that are listening to us here, uh, listening to the sound of my voice. I will also say, if you're watching us, of course, on YouTube, please subscribe, please like. It helps us spread the word on all the disruption that we want to cause. We want to make sure it's getting out there more and more. And of course, you can sign up always on our website, disruptionnow.com. Uh, you can go there and learn about the latest uh, events. Uh, you, can, you can participate behind the scenes uh, if you want to become one of our members as well. Uh, and we have Disruption Now Summit, and you can, that's coming up, and we're going to uh, have... Uh, PNG Ventures there. There's going to be a $2,500 pitch competition for any founder. And we're also going to be launching our new NFT platform. Lots of things. It's a free event. Of course, there's another tiered version, but we want to make sure it's accessible. So uh, go there. We only have a certain amount of, of free tickets. It's only a couple hundred. Uh, so please uh, sign up now while you have the opportunity. Uh, and now we'll just get a little bit back to the interview. So, hey, uh, all right. All right, Nick. So I want to just say, uh, you, you've had some really notable interviews, and that's kind of where I want to start. Uh, what is the what is the what is the what is the first interview that really just sticks out in your mind? I know you've interviewed Matt mm. Barnes, Candace Parker, Kobe Bryant, Stephen A. Smith. Let, let, let's start with the one that really, really just sticks out to you and tell us why. Actually, there's a couple. Um, it's not just one because I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to interview so many. Uh, people across the, the 11 years that I've been doing this. And I would say definitely Candace Parker being one because she's she just a, such a phenomenal woman along with being a, a great basketball player. And for her to be able to balance, you know, motherhood along with the day-to-day -day responsibilities that that are, you know, pretty much upon her as a superstar of a league um, and then doing her doing a great job with television. I mean, I remember when she first started doing and becoming an analyst and i'm like she's she's going to be gold like and you watch the maturation of her throughout the years and you see the great job that she's doing there um recently she just had candace parker day in chicago uh with with the mayor actually declaring that that's going to be candace parker day on september 16th so i mean just watching her mature from the time i feel like we kind of grew in our careers respectively because when i started the, the L.A. Sparks were the first team that I was able to cover professionally um, back in 2010. Um, and she had just basically just arrived, um, obviously, two years prior. And then watching her grow, going through the ups and downs and then watching her experience, you know, getting a championship and competing for another championship and then being able to move on uh, to the Chicago sky. And, you know, she's just a very down earth person. So it was always yeah. great to just see the maturation of that. And obviously the late great Kobe Bryant yeah. um, being able to watch him from afar, but then also watching, you know, being able to speak with him in the locker rooms at times or being at various events where he was and, you know, 
again, I always say this. I don't know if he knew my name, but he definitely remembered my face. Right. And that's for me. That's all I needed. Um, what sticks out when you think about Kobe? And I want to ask this question again about with Candace, though. What what um, what specifically stands out with the time you interviewed him or if it's not that just what you just uh, to me, I think so your uh, your feelings about Kobe. What sticks I out? I think I think Kobe was misunderstood at times. I think a okay. lot of times the media didn't get to take a t- take time out to really get to know him because um, I've never had a bad experience with Kobe. Um, yeah. I know some media members that early on in his career they may not have had the greatest experiences with him, but I've from the time I've engaged with Kobe Bryant to the time of, of you know his unfortunate passing. Um, I've never had one bad experience with Kobe Bryant. I mean, the last time I spoke with him was a week before his untimely passing of him and his and his daughter and those other people that were on that helicopter ride. Um, and he was cool then, you know, he'll he'll joke around, oh man, you again, you know. <laughs> so it's like um just I think he was in the sun and I think he was really coming into his own. I think he really he was after he left basketball. I really believe he started to really come into his own and really be comfortable in his own skin. And that's not to say he wasn't comfortable before because the man was he was really he was confident. Young, I mean, he was young. Let's be let's be clear. Right. You're talking about someone that out of high school grew up completely in the limelight. And mm-hmm. it's easy for people that uh, have lived private lives to judge him. But right. imagine if all everything you ever did since you were 17 was put under a hot microscope. Uh, a hot, a hot, a, a microscope, and then a, and then a, a light. Your entire life uh, is a lot of people that uh, wouldn't stand up to that either. So it's it went to the point that I mentioned earlier, especially when it comes to black people and athletes. It's one or the other. We we make them, uh, you know, Superman, or they're villains, and 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 it's quick to, and they're quick to turn you to a villain. And we know that happened in his in the case with the with with, with the rape allegation that was that was eventually thrown out. They were quick to make him a villain. Very, very quick. Well, the thing I love about Kobe Bryant was his resilience. And the thing about it, man, Kobe Bryant was cooler than a polar bear's toenails. I mean, that's just that's just what he was. I mean, he 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 was he was unapologetically him. Yeah. And you we saw the maturation. I mean, LA adopted him as as their their native son, so to speak. Even though you know he grew up in Philadelphia and before that, uh, in the country of Italy. Right. But he was LA's son. Like what he did in the communities across Los Angeles um, at the, during the time he was playing for the Lakers, uh, aside from winning championships and gold medals, uh, it was just remarkable. And to see him come back full circle and then be an Oscar award winner, yeah. um, being a great father, you know, coaching his daughter at the time. Um, it was just her remarkable. Moves, her moves were sick. She was, she had his moves already. That was Kobe. That was little Kobe. Like that was. Say what you want. Like she would give you that work. Like you could yeah. tell she was gonna give you that work. And she was definitely if that, you know, if she would have been able to to you know get older and grow older, she would have definitely changed the landscape of the WNBA wholeheartedly. Everybody said that from Diana Tarazi to uh Many countless other WNBA players and coaches that saw her and witnessed her, they were like, "This, this, she, Gigi was going to change the WNBA for sure." Yeah. Um, and so, you just—it it was just great, man. I, I I feel very fortunate to to be in Los Angeles, to be born and raised in LA, West Coast to the casket drops. Um, but just to be in Los Angeles at a time where I was able to ex- be exposed to the greats like a Kobe Bryant or watching at the time back in the day the usc trojans be that team or watching you know the la kings get two stanley cups a team that i grew up with as a kid watching and wondering if we would ever win a championship (laughs) with the la kings so just being entrenched in those circles and the same thing with candace parker i think the thing with candace parker that stands out to me to have a young lady that had so much on her shoulders i mean this is a young lady that came out of one of the most prestigious basketball programs uh, when it comes to the University of Tennessee and Pat Summit, who's one of the greatest coaches of all time, God rest her soul. And to see that she came into the WNBA as a number one pick, she was the league MVP, she was the rookie of the year. She gets you know pregnant with her daughter Layla the following year, has to sit out and then come back in 2010, and then she's suffering through injuries through 2011. And my understanding is they don't they they don't get they don't get maternity leave. They they do at now. That time. They, didn't, they didn't get maternity leave then. at that time. No, and so for her to be able to still do and go through some personal things that we all know she's gone through. I'm not going to bring those things up, but we all know if you read the papers and then still be able to persevere and to be able to get a, a WNBA championship and then compete for another championship 
um, and just watching her growth and watching her develop as a leader. And then you see it now with the Chicago Sky, like she is the Chicago Sky. No yeah. disrespect to any of the other players, because there's some talented players around her, but she she she's the engine that runs that team. And what we saw that development from the time she was in Los Angeles to where she is now. And it was just great to see. So that's to me, those are the two things that really stand out to me about not just Candace Parker, but the late great Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Uh, Matt Barnes, man. Uh, all the smoke, man. He's uh, he got, he got that. Fu- he's a funny podcast. He's a funny dude, man. He's very entertaining. Uh, got a little drama, but it makes it interesting. So what, what, what is Matt Barnes like in person? Like, what is he, is he just like he is on the podcast? Just like whatever you could just roll up take man. A from the kicking with you. What's, what's he like? Let me tell you something, man. Matt Barnes is one of the realest. He, he's real. He's really in a $5 bill. Yeah, you that comes I mean? across. I, mean, he, 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 I, he, I would not say he's not off. I would never accuse him oh, of being inauthentic. You know, he's, <laughs> he's himself. He me, I mean, Matt has always shown me love, man. I mean, even when when we launched this media company, man, he was gracious enough to even post, you know, the announcement on his on his story, man. He didn't have to do that at all. And I was just really grateful and thankful for him for that. And that shows you just how a real dude he really is. But I've always been, you know, uh, you know, thought Matt was a, a stand-up guy. Even when he was playing with the Clippers, um, the times I interviewed him with the Clippers, and then later on as, you know, we continue to, to move along in life, um, him and Steven Jackson, for that matter. Um, you know, I'm, just, I'm extremely proud of those two. I think they've come a long way. I think they've really changed the dynamic of the media game. And you watch two Black men and, and, and two, pretty much just two human beings be able to engage and really be able to, to to live their truths every week and every episode that you watch with all the smoke. Yeah. Um, and they do, and they give really great interviews. I mean, you no, they really do. Like, he's, he's fine. I know. Love. I mean, the, the, yeah. the dude knows what he's doing. I mean, he, and he's as entertaining as ever. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, Matt Barnes, I mean, I have nothing but respect. If Matt Barnes can hit me up or call me or whatever, and I, whatever you need, bro, I'm there. You know, if I can, if I'm able to be there, I'm there. And that's just, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Matt Barnes. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so you've been in this, so you, 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 how did you get into starting your own media company? Like, how did you, how did this, how did, how did you get to this point? Man, uh, I kind of fell into this, this genre, I should say, I should say rather when it comes to media, because I didn't know what I was going to do at a point in my life, because I had been going through, I kind of been running from it because coming from the backgrounds that we come from the communities that we come from, we don't know exactly how to go about doing it. I mean, you, they tell you to go to school, but then after school, then what, like, how do you yeah. maneuver yourself? How do you stand out? That ain't enough no more either. You tell you right. to go to school. Is. And this was, and this was back, you know, again, I started out blogging when bloggers were like the antichrist oh, yeah, yeah. of you, you old in your internet 1.0. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> this was back in like 0809, right? Like I just started like messing around with it. And I went back to school I got an internship with ESPN LA um, and, uh, you know, shout out to Beto Duran uh, who actually, you know, connected me with the people up at ESPN LA at the time because he was working here and, um, you know, connected with a lot of people who I'm, who I still have a great relationship with uh, to this day. And to me, you know, I thought that was very, I, that set the precedence and I set the foundation. And from day one, I said, I don't want to compete with people that are on my level. I want to go, steps ahead because that's the only way I'm going to get better. You know, iron sharpen iron. And the only way you're going to get stronger is if you put more weight on. You can't get stronger putting using this working out the same way. Right. And that's what I equated that to my journey. And so working with independent sites, like I've worked with, you know, various companies. I've worked with NBCLA. I've worked with AP. I did a couple of things for AP. I've done with AXS.com. Um, you know, I've so I've, I've been able to get both sides, the independent side and the corporate side. So I learned from those experiences and it made, and then the, the time where my contract had ran out because we could, we couldn't agree to terms on a deal moving forward. So we just let the contract run out and I was pretty much stuck at that point. And I said, okay, I never want to be in this position again. So that's what the light bulb came on. And that's what gave me the idea at, the, at that time to start my own media company. And I had partnered with, a colleague of mine at that time and we had got together and we had formed um a media company um didn't really work out the way i intended it to work out so i decided since i'm going to do majority of the heavy lifting i might as well do this myself yeah. let's let, let, pause on that i want to have more conversations about that because i think there is 
lessons in that. I, I've had that similar experience recently <laughs> with the <laughs> the NFT platform that I that I started, and I started off with the co-founder, and it, and uh, and it just didn't work because it you know it's like all of a sudden uh, I found like it was a it, we had, we weren't equally yoked. Best way I could say it, you know, it was like a 90 10 relationship and there was an expectations of a 50 50 split. Mm, no, nah, don't work that way. Like tell, right. talk to, talk to folks who are, cause we have a lot who are founders. We have quite a few founders who listen to the, to the broadcast. Yeah. What lessons would you give? would you give from that in assessing uh, how to choose a co-founder and whether you should have a co-founder? Just because you guys have two things in common, don't be so eager to jump in and rush into a partnership. That's the one. That's the first thing I learned, uh, because you get very eager, especially the people that look like us and, and, and people of color. Uh, when you when you come across somebody that's you feel like, hey, man, they're in the same genre that I'm in. They're trying to do the same things I'm doing. Why do we just combine forces yep. and, you know, make, let's let's make that push. You know what I mean? Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you guys should should partner in that way. You may be able to utilize each other's talents in another particular way where it doesn't involve you and them being in a particular business or a partnership. Um, that's one, that was, uh, you know, another thing I learned is that listen to what people don't say. Mm. Tell me, what, what do you mean by that? It's not so much what they say, it's what they're not saying. Meaning if they tell you, oh yeah, man, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Okay, so now I'm thinking, well, what can't you do? And how, and, and if the things that you can't do line up with what I can do, then maybe we have something we should we can go a step further. Right. But if you can't do it and then I can't do it, then it doesn't make sense for us to partner up in that particular manner. Right. Um, so that's that's why I said also, and then also listen to people's mentality. If you if you shut the hell up long enough and listen, you'll figure out exactly who people really are. And it's yeah. and when they tell you who they, and they tell you what time it is, it's up to you to check your watch. <laughs> oh. now, I, I, I like that remix on Maya Angelou's quote when it's time when they tell you what time it is it's time to check your watch that's good mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's what it is I mean that's the game I learned from from just OGs that I, I've been in, in in the game with and people always tell you what time life. yeah exactly like you got to listen to your elders man you got to listen to the OGs out here because they, they've been through it and yeah. they've experienced it and so if you're wise enough to listen to the pearls that they're trying to drop you then you're gonna you're gonna be far along in life not just in your particular yeah. uh, you know career but in life period so that's the thing i learned about just being able to to know okay what do i have what don't i have and who complements me the best and yeah. even now that even though i you know i i run and, and own my own company i still have people in certain areas that i feel like are beneficial because i can't do those specific things not not just because maybe i don't know it but i may not have the time to do it so you know the arms are what the arms are going to do the legs are what the legs are going to do the eyes the nose the mouth so forth they all have their roles and responsibilities and yeah. so that once they all function on one accord then you can go ahead and move forward and be successful by moving forward and that's what i look at a team of people that are around you and, and a lot of times too Sometimes, you know, people have their interests and exits. Sometimes people are there for a limited time, like the McGrid. You know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes you, 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 some, some people could be there for 30 minutes. Some people could be there for 30 years. Yeah. It just depends on who it is and what the need that they need to fill is yeah. going to happen. And sometimes when they feel that need, it's like, okay, hey, thanks. Thank you for coming. It's some lovely party and gifts for you, but I yeah. need to move on. I mean, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, you really said a lot of things there. Uh, uh, to uh, quote the late great DMX, he, he he said that you should trust people to be themselves. That's what he said, right? Trust people to be themselves, and you're not going to be disappointed. Like I'm not bad. Trust people to be themselves. So that takes Hello. right that that takes some observation on your end to not project what you think people should be because that's what you are or that's what you expect. Don't do that. Like, just meet people. Just trust people to be themselves. Like that was a deep line that I uh, discovered that DMX had. And it's true. And it's been, you know, that has helped me having that, having that approach to life. And then second have also, I think what I hear you saying is learn self-awareness, learn, learn how you sometimes project things on the people that you shouldn't uh, things that are, or how you do things or how you judge people prematurely based upon some bias you have or, 
or, or, or, or, or, or an area that you just naturally just inclined to think that way. I think you learn those things. Some of those things you just learn through experience. And then in, the goal is uh, not to not make a mistake because that's not possible, but the goal is don't make the same damn mistake. <laughs> and you got to move out here in these streets very carefully and very efficiently. I remember something that Rick Rose said. He said, I don't want to move fast. I'm going to move correctly. And that's, oh, that's so that's so profound. And I, I really felt that in the city of my soul because mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is that is absolutely a pearl of wisdom that people need to abide by more so than they don't. Everybody's such in a rush because we're, we're in a microwave society. If it's not finished in 15 minutes, oh, it's not for me. It's not of God. It's it's yeah. for me. It's going to be for me. That is, excuse the expression, that is BS. I'll, I'll, you can say bullshit. Out. We can cuss on the show. If you, if you okay, well, yeah, yeah I, that's exactly what that is. That's, that's, <laughs> as my old baseball coach would say, that's horse shit yeah. um, because that's laziness. I don't, listen, God will open up doors for you, but you have to do things for yourself. God helps those who help themselves. Oh, man, look, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. And you got to put You got to put in the work. I, I, I shared this with a, a colleague of mine, and I said, listen, God told you that if you go on Crenshaw and Slauson and then you go in this trash can and there's and in a brown paper bag, there's 50 grand in this brown paper sack and it's in the trash can next to the shell station. And you live, let's say, off the 105 freeway in Crenshaw, which is approximately from there. It's about four miles, let's say. Yeah. And you don't have a car. Right. What are you going to do to get there? Are you going to sit there? Well, God's going to give me a car or I'm going to get a ride for somebody. No. If you know you need a 50 grand and you can get up in there, you're going to walk, bike ride, skateboard. I mean, whatever you feel like you need to do. You're going to find a way. Sneak on the back of the MTA on a 210 and and hopefully the bus driver don't see you sneaking on in the back of the bus. You're going to do whatever it takes to get there, right? You're not going to say, well, uh, I don't have a car. I don't have a bike. So maybe it's maybe it ain't for me. No, you're going to do whatever it takes, right? So to apply that same attitude to what you want to do when it comes to certain things as far as what you want to aspire to. And that's the same mentality and attitude you have to have. And, I, and I've learned over the course of time, too, everybody doesn't have big visions. Everybody doesn't have a vision, period, and let alone... I would say let's break those down. Hardly anybody has a, a big vision. Still, very few people actually have a vision. Most people go through their life with no plan and just kind of just say, "Oh well, what's the next day going to happen?" We'll just it is what it is. Man, it's it, and it's it's it's, it's some people that you know that have like this worker bee small market mentality. It's kind of disheartening because you're like you always want. I know for me. I, the people that I know personally, I want more. I want more, more yeah. for them, right? But I also understand that you can't want more for somebody than they want for themselves. I mean, it's it's, it's part of, and I've seen this, Nick. Man, it's it's, it's frustrating. I see it in, in very talented people too. They have a lot of talent, and uh, and and but their personality is like I have to have everything has to be in a row planned, and that, and that is the balance between what you just said earlier, right? It's about moving fast versus moving correctly. You have so you have people that are on the extreme point that they don't move <laughs> because they're so because they they're, these are these are hard workers but like they get to the point where they just have to plan out everything and have to see every uh, every contingency and have to know that it's completely safe. It's never safe. <laughs> like it's like you just. I mean, the moment you step out of your porch, off your porch, rather every day. I mean, it's it, you taking the gamble, right? Yep. I mean. I had to slow my ass down because I was moving. I was moving at the speed of light. Yeah, you but see, that's your personality, though, right? That's like if you have the personality, like what I tell people, you have my personality. Like I'll move in, a, in the right, uh, and the problem will be that sometimes I'll move and then not necessarily I'll jump and then just not even know how far I'm jumping down. But sometimes you need to know. But the other people, they just they just start looking over the cliff and say, "Well, how far is that distance?" And if I mm-hmm. exactly calculate it, and then if you're one of those people, you you need to you need to jump. If you like us, you need to just maybe think a little bit before you do it. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like I had to slow myself down because I was moving so fast, and I was kind of missing a few small things that I would that have to go to back. That's, and that's do. still my weakness. I, I'm very. And I clear. said, like, I'm not an operator. I was like, nah. I said, nah. I can't do that. And I had to get with somebody who can kind of navigate me through certain things and, right. and, and let me know, okay, bro, you need to slow down. Yeah. 
Well, you uh, need a good part. This is where even if you don't have a co-founder, this is where you need a good then a good uh, uh, employee teammate that that's with you that helps you, like, like you said, look out for your flaws. Like we, me, you and I are the same way. Like I am not the, I'm not going to be the CFO or the detailed operator on everything. I will take the vision. I'll go out there, sell it. I'll make sure, I'll make sure the, the, that the ships are, are running and everybody's on time, but doing like the micro operating and the manager is not your skill set. It's not my skill set. It's not, it sounds like it's not yours. And, and being honest about what you're, mm-hmm. what you're not good at is the beginning of good leadership. Well, it, plus we're creatives, right? Exactly. So like most creatives, that's why you look at a lot of the creatives, like they needed other people up until a certain point. Like you look at the Jay-Z's and the Dr. Dre's of the world, they needed other people at the time. Like Dre needed, you know, Easy, Suge Knight, and then, even you know, you know, Jimmy Iovine to a certain extent. Exactly. But he, he was able, but Dre was able to grow on his own. The same thing with Jay. You know, Jay had- but They had to learn it first. As the, your point right. is still well taken, right? I mean, Dre yeah. didn't get into it until I believe Easy e brought him into it either. So like, it's like, you, you got to know what you're not great at and then you yeah. got to keep growing, right? I mean, like Dre still, I, there's still stuff, Dre is billionaire. There's still stuff Dre doesn't do. He just like, at the, at the end of the day, that's how I become a billionaire. You don't become Man. a billionaire by doing all the damn work. You become nah. a billionaire by learning how to scale yourself. And the same thing with Jay-Z. Like Jay had to learn from Dame Dash and then eventually, you know, some other people along the way and then he, fin- you know, he figured it out. Now he's one of the most powerful, powerful people in in in, in society, you know, with exactly Rock Nation right. and, and everything else that he's, you know, the businesses that he's a part of and his lovely wife, Beyonce, is a part of. And so you you just look at the maturation of people. And that, to me, is very inspiring. Um, I've never, you know, even people that, that have not been on the billionaire status, but just people I see, sometimes I'm like, man, I'm inspired. Like people yeah. I see, I hear on the radio, like locally here in Los Angeles, you know, I tell them all the time, dude, I'm inspired by what you're doing. I'm, I'm ins- I mean, there's, you know, homegrown radio with Chuck Dizzle and DJ Head. Like every time I see them out somewhere, I hear them, I'm inspired, you know? uh shout out to my homeboy you know you know chucky walton you know chuck walton my man who does a lot of stuff he's connected like that man is connected to the connected like he this man is like he is the connected guy i mean i'm I'm inspired every time i see him move you know he's a good brother you know hard working um you know motivating and so people like like people like that i'm inspired by as well so I look at everybody as, as, you know, a chapter, I should say in a book uh, when it comes to this thing called life and, and what can I learn from it? What pearls of wisdom can I gain from it and add to my arsenal? Yeah, that's great. Um, all right. Let's, uh, l- I'd like to get to some lightning round questions before we uh, wrap up. Let's here. do it. Yeah. All right. So think about a time. Um, let's think about a time you failed and how that set you up later for success. Okay, so time I failed. Let's see. The time I failed was um, I had lost out. I, what happened was I took some video. I was covering his team, and I, you know, I wasn't supposed to, I guess, report on it, and I did. I didn't know because I got clearance from those who were in charge of me at that time, but the university didn't like it. And, you know, I'm sending him like, hey, man, this is what I can do. You know, if I get an opportunity to cover your, your team, like this, this is what I can do. I, you know, just trying to sell right. myself in a sense. Yeah. And it failed. It blew up in my face. And a person that told me at the company I was working with that I could do it, of course, they act like they don't, they had amnesia. And so I fell on the sword and it ruined my relationship at that time with that particular university where I was banned for like a year and change. Like wow. I couldn't do no coverage. They, the the station like got on me that I was working at, like they got on me about it. And I felt like 10 pounds of hot crap. Right. Wow. And I was like, and this was like, I think I want to say like year three of my career doing this. And I was, dev- you know, I was hurt. And I was like, damn, man, like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't, you know, this is a very prestigious organization. So I can't be on the outs. <clears throat> And about a little after a year, I approached the the, the gentleman that was in as the, the the PR person that was in charge of the university, and I just had a real conversation with him. And about I would say maybe a month or two later, he said, "Okay, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to let you cover 
X amount of games. I'm going to pick the games that you can cover, and that's it. And I was like, was I happy about it? No, because I wanted to cover every single game. Right. But I learned, shut up, <laughs> take the L, yeah. learn from the L on how you got there, and so that doesn't happen to you again and on a larger scale. Yeah. So I went through that. I had to go through the, the bumps and bruises and pretty much eat shit <laughs> for a couple of years until I was able to build that rapport and build that trust. And now, man, we, we, we're, we're on great times. You know, he looks yeah. out for me. Hey, man, how's everything going? We have conversations when we cross paths with each other. You know, yeah. he's looked out for me on, on, a, on several occasions. And that makes sense. Like, I would have done the same thing if I was him. I would because I you don't know. He didn't know your whole side. And he had to probably exactly. test it out and 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 see, and he gave you another shot. And then once you proved that, he let you back in. I mean, that I makes mean, sense. Yeah, I mean, he was great. I mean, I never got a chance to tell my side of the story. So that's, that was the effed up part about it, is I didn't even get a chance to tell my side of the story at the time. Right, but, but he probably respected the fact that you didn't even throw that dude under the bus. And that's why it's that being long-term. Hey, man, that, come, that comes from the streets, man. You don't have yeah. to snitch. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> your, whatever your dirt is, it'll come out in the wash. It always comes out, about, yep. Truth always so, comes out. I mean, out, man. I was fortunate. That's how, and that's how I learned how to rebound from failure. And I said, okay, the next time I get a no, I'm just going to flip it into a yes. How can I figure out to flip it to a yes? And that's where yeah. my, my mentality, it, it just made it stronger. So that's what I, that was my failure at that time. And I, I, I didn't quit the business. I didn't walk away like, oh, man, the hell with this, man. I ain't about to go through this crap. Yeah, you answered that well. Like a lot of people, some people I have on this show usually give me some. Not always, but a lot of times give you a bullshit answer. Like they said, they give you something else, right? It's like they'll tell you it's a failure. Like if you're like every really discussion, you're like, so I was I literally I was walking down the way and a bus splashed me on the way. Yes. I was going to do an interview. And it's like, what? You read that in the LA Times, man. If you don't knock it off. I never had a failure, like this is what happened. And it's something like he's like, that don't really sound like a failure. Like, is this sound like it sound like just a minor hiccup? And maybe <laughs> like maybe, maybe people don't have it, but I, I don't believe it, right? I think people in general are just afraid to be vulnerable. I tell people, I've I, I failed a lot. I'm going to fail again. My goal is to just make sure I learn from it. And people know that, you know, it wasn't intentional. Look, I, I, I failed. I've screwed, I've screwed things up, but hey, I got to pivot. Hey, I failed my first, my first company. And as I mentioned earlier with, with the, the colleague of mine that I was a business partner with, I mean, that was a failure. I mean, people, people don't look at like people that tell me, Oh man, it wasn't a failure, man. I'm like, no, because it didn't develop into anything. Like, what did it develop into, right? Yeah, I mean, it developed. So, learn, you learned, but you learned but, from failures. But here's the thing: right. you learn more from failures, and there's actually a danger to becoming successful too fast because you believe that you believe your own hype, and then you and then you create a man. bunch of bad habits that can really bring you down. And so there is some there's some benefit. I mean, people don't like to hear this, but I can tell you from that, like I. I by, by this point in my career, I believed I was going to be whatever governor or whatever. I've ran for mayor, even though I outraised my opponents. I didn't, I didn't win that race. Came close in the, in the, in the run up. I ran for treasurer of the state of Ohio um, and, you know, got 2 million votes, outraised my opponent. But it, it's, a, it's a state that is very Republican now. And I'm a Democrat. And so still lost. And so I'm a, <laughs> just I was like, a state. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, you know, I, I went through this experience and people tell you, when you go through it, 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 it's not fun. Like, but did I, did I learn? Did I learn? Did I grow? Do I now have a lot more contacts than I ever had? Yes. Did people see how I performed in terms of how I carried myself, how I didn't, um, uh, I wasn't dishonest. Did that help me? Did I help my long-term career and prospects? It absolutely did. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's, <clears throat> but to, it was not a fun experience in terms of failing. Like people tell me they, they enjoy, they love failing. Like I'll say, no, I didn't love failing, but I understand that those things taught me because I, I, I yeah. now see myself like, damn, I really didn't know anything about a lot of stuff I thought I did. <laughs> like, I thought yeah. I knew how to run an operation. Like, I thought, right, the first real kind of business I had was running for mayor. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is going to be easy. Like, I, I, I know how to raise money. I, I'm a, I, I got this person I'm a hire. I like him. He seems cool. Uh, he was nice. He was a nice dude, but he didn't know what he was doing because he was too young. I hired him because I saw him as like me. And that's not a good reason to hire people. Like I see that now, right? They have to, they have to, uh, 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 they have to do some type of skill set or fill a void that you don't have 
and they need to add to that. You don't need to hire people that are just like you. And I didn't know that coming right out, uh, you know, however long, six, seven years. I didn't know that. And so only going through these experiences taught me that. So I will say I am grateful for the experience because that's helped me become a better business person. Oh, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing, man. Like, you can't be afraid of fail, but you can't be afraid of success. And I noticed that more people are afraid of success than they are mm-hmm. failure because they are so accustomed to failing. And when you start having that type of energy around you, you're going to yeah. continue to fail. Like, it's nothing wrong. You know, we all got emotions and we all have, you know, decisions and disappointments and all that kind of stuff. Right. But when you look at the overall totality of it, how can I get myself out of this? Cause I don't want to stay here. Like I don't want to stay on the sixth floor. I'm trying to get to the 80th floor and, and get outside and overlook the whole city. So how can I get to the 80th floor if the elevator ain't working? Right. And that's so the thing that people so I want to ask you this. Uh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt your flow here. <clears throat> no, no, what do you think the most important advice to get from the sixth floor to the 80th floor? What's the most, what's the most essential thing you think that, 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 that helps get people there? Do whatever the hell you got to do to do it. And just because, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be simple, man. I want to be simple. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't. Get out right your own way. Execute, I mean, execute, but, execute. And also too, what works for Rob ain't going to work for Nick. No. And what works for Nick and that may not necessarily work for Rob, right? Like you got to go out there and just do what you need to do and get it done. Get to the finish line, no matter how you get to the finish line, swim, crawl, walk, you know, bike ride, whatever you got to do to get to the finish line. Yeah. Just get there. I, I like, agree. Whatever you got to do to do it, just get there. And and I and I got the one thing I've been taught, and I've been and I've learned. You know, certain principles you're not going to be able to take with you the higher you go up because it doesn't call for that. Tell, tell me more. Tell me more what you mean by that. There's only a, a level of morality only goes so far, right? Okay. So let's say it's eighty floors. You got the 50th floor. Well, last thought for morality, 50th floor. Now you can get off on the 50th floor and you, and if you're comfortable and fine with that, that's cool. Yeah. But don't complain about the next man that got to the 60th, 70th and 80th floor. And now you mad or you upset because they're getting what they're getting. Don't worry about how they got there. They're getting what they, what they sacrificed to get whatever that is that they wanted to get, that they were comfortable in themselves to would be willing to sacrifice. That's what you're willing to sacrifice. And I tell that to even, kids that I've spoken to in colleges and things like that. Listen, whatever it is you're willing to sacrifice, know you be, 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 be bold enough to look yourself in the mirror and be proud of what you've done because that's because you made an agreement to yourself to sacrifice X, Y, and Z versus the next person over here that say, Hey, I'm only going so far after that. I'm not, I'm not going past that limit. And it's not, a, and it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's a personal thing. It's, there's no solutions, only trade-offs. There's yeah. a trade-off to everything in life. You want to go to the 50th floor, each floor it's has like, a different trade-off. Listen, it's not going as much as it, it, people like to say that, for example, it's not an all-black world. This is a multicultural world. No. We want to have inclusion and economic inclusion as black people and as black media and black businesses. But you also have to understand you have to be able to network and get along with people of other cultures and other backgrounds. And if you're not able to do that, you're not going to create an all black anything or all brown anything, or it's going to, because we don't have in the society that we live in, we don't have those, the the power and the resources to do that. Not wholeheartedly. Not by ourselves. No, No, not by, and and, and nobody has done it by themselves. No. Uh, no. I mean, as great as Oprah Winfrey and what she's accomplished and, 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 and hats off to her and what she's done. I mean, she's she's definitely the GOAT when it comes to this this media world because she took it by storm and she never looked back. Um, the things that we see Michael Jordan, you know, do the things that we see, you know, countless other people yeah. do in our in our culture, in our world, um, you know, Ice Cube or uh, Byron Allen or Earl Graves Jr., um, you know, people like that. Yeah, they've done they've done masterful things. And, and again, as I said earlier, inspiring things. Yeah. But they had to sacrifice something. They were willing to go the extra mile that maybe you or I or somebody else wasn't able to or willing to go to get the job done. So yeah. it's a, to me, it's a personal choice. It's like, what are you willing to do to get to the top? That's I think it's a I personal choice. The only thing I come in is it, 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 there are two yeah. things that do matter. Um, one that you can't control, so you can't worry about it, is timing. Um, but I will say this, everybody's not going to be a billionaire. And I don't think that should be your goal. 
my, your goal should be to achieve your highest level of contribution that you can achieve. And perhaps that will be a billionaire. Perhaps that is you create a company that sells 2 million a year. Perhaps it's a company that does 200,000 a year. I believe everybody can achieve a level of a level of achievement where they can, they can, they can, they can, they can, they can have some power and they can have some freedom if they put some, if they put some effort into it. And the second part that to do that is you need a, you need a, you do need a, I'll say this, this is a universal rule. You need a network and you need to know how to intentionally network. And if you learn, if you learn how to do those things, uh, you'll create, you'll, you'll have money and you'll create value for yourself. Like to your point, a lot of my, a lot of my support, I've had a lot of supporters who, who, who don't agree with all of my politics, who are conservative as ever, uh, but we connect, right? Uh, and I don't view them as like evil. I don't agree with them. I think some of their views are absolutely off the wall. And, I, and I'll, <laughs> I, I've told them this to their face <laughs> and I've told them why they're wrong, but I also have respected them. And they fund, they, they fund things and they help and they support. Um, so I think it's also learning, as you said, really that, Everybody that has, just because someone has a different political view, they come from a different background, don't let that ruin an opportunity for a relationship because there's all types yeah. of opportunities. Like, and I've, yeah. that's an experience I, I, I've, that I've seen. I think I've drawn a line when it comes to racism. When it comes to racism. Oh, well, you got, you racism, I draw a line there. I mean, you're going to be racist. Yeah, cool. I mean, that's where I draw, you know, there's certain lines <laughs> that I draw, but I get what you're saying in yeah, essence. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, no. but, 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 that, but, that, but that is like, but how, but how do you challenge that? Like, cause I think almost everybody's racist. So, like, when when I when I say racist, I'm like, so like, if it's like you, are your conscience going away? Like, you hate black people? Yeah, I won't like you. But like, to say like to me, okay, someone that that has some beliefs that are ignorant. I mean, most people do. And then even people that say that they're for us, you know, if you look at how they practice, you know, we can go, we can go to some of the biggest places in Silicon Valley. They, they all got Black Lives Matter statement. That's the, I don't know, I want to talk to you about that, right? Because I know you called out people, right, during this. Let's talk about that. There's a whole bunch of people that got Black Lives Matter. We want to fight racism. We hear you. But then when you look at the, you look back and you look, you start looking at the, the pay records, you start looking at uh, the, uh, the board members. I mean, to me, so when you say racism, like, yeah, yeah, I hear you, but I'm like, like, I don't even know how you measure that because like it's like well, so like I don't I don't I don't think everybody is racist. I think there are racist people in this society. How do you define racism? Racism is when you are trying to purposely hold someone back economically, politically, and 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 otherwise because simply because of the color of their skin. Right? See, I have a different. I have a different. And when belief. you have and when you and when you are in a position of power to do so, that okay. is the key because See, every that's why I've had conversations about oh, oh man black. First of all, black people cannot be racist. Number yeah. one, we don't have the economic, political, well, I agree with that. Or, or power. Same thing. Anybody now, we can be prejudiced, right? We can have bigoted views. Same thing with Latino people. Same thing with you know whoever. We can have prejudice in in, in bigoted viewpoints, absolutely, because that's just the stereotypical. I'm gonna challenge that statement too. Let, let, let me just do this real quick, because I think you're I think you're you're thinking of it a little, a little bit too one dimensional. Can we be racist against the greater society? No. But can we and do we often contribute to racism? Absolutely. So uh, in terms of like hurting other other people, hurting ourselves, being in the position where you're in a position. Well, that's, but, but here's the thing. Let me interject on that point. Go ahead. That's not. But see, that's not right. That's 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 self-hatred. That wasn't that was taught to us by those who were embraces in political power. I agree. Power. But, but, I agree. But let me so say that's not but that's not racism. That's that's self-hatred, which is something totally different that was learned from those who practice racist behavior. But we as black folks and people, we cannot be racist because we don't have, again, yeah. the economic and political power to stop. And we can't stop a whole nother race of people. Yeah. But so, those people that are in charge that don't yeah. look like us have for 300, 400 plus years. Yeah. So, here, so here's my, so I, I think where we're getting we're having our, 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 our good discussion here, and I love this, is that we have different definitions of racism. So I have, so that's why I asked you what your definition of racism is and how you describe it, that I don't have a disagreement uh, with how you described it, but how I describe it is that race, racism is a social construct used to, uh, used to exercise power, right? And so when, when a construct is there, it becomes the default. 
So when I talk about everybody has racist tendencies, it is our default thinking. And so we, unless we are, unless we challenge ourselves, even black people believe some of these things, even if it's subconscious, because it's, it's so much a part of the default and it's ingrained in the system. It's ingrained how people communicate because it's been there, as you said, for three or 400 years. And so to not actually, to, 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 to not actually be uh, racist, because I, I think people, when they have this idea, they think of if somebody a strategic, uh, they're strategic and they're specific, and there are people that are doing that, but they, but they think they're, they're conscious about what they're doing. And, and, my, and, my, and my, my uh, discussion with you and with others is, I don't think most people are conscious of what they are doing. I think they believe that they are, but they're not. And they're following a construct that they don't even understand why it's there, but they just believe it and don't even understand why they believe it because it's been ingrained for such a long time. And that goes for us too. So that's why I say like, but people can do that and not like, and not have any hatred well, for, for anybody. That's what I'm saying. Well, this I mean, is why, I, this, well, this is why I said prejudice comes in because you, right. you talk about stereotypical natures or, or constructs or something that's been taught, that has been ingrained into right. whatever that, that group of people is. And that's where the prejudices come in yeah. because we can look at, uh, I remember there was an incident where you know, when, when Asian community started coming into the black community here in LA and we didn't understand the custom, right? I'm not saying a, a few things, not everybody, um, but we didn't understand the custom, why they would put the money on the counter instead of putting it back in my hand. Cause in America, we like, yo man, you don't want to touch me or something? What's wrong with you? You think the black gonna rub off? No, but in their custom, the respect level is, hey, we put the money back on the table cause there's no, they don't believe in PDA. Right, yeah. public displays of it's culture. That's how they right. It's it. a culture thing. Yeah. But if we don't understand the culture. Now we automatically, like you said, going back to the stereotypical. Oh man, you know they racist because they don't like black people. Right. It's not. See, I, I still think it's different. Like I think it. I think it's 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 like the the system in general. I'm just talking about the default of how we're taught, and this is a deep conversation. I love it. Is that essentially that white people are here, and black people are at the lowest level, and mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that, that's what is taught. And it's the construct that I, that I, that I work to challenge every single day. Right. And, and why I, and, and then, so why I say, I, I believe, again, this is, this is just, just, just me and I'm a nerd like this. So a great book, <laughs> a, a great book. Uh, it, I don't know if you read a lot or if you listen to, uh, I do a lot of audible, mm-hmm. a great book uh, for how the mind works is thinking fast and slow. Okay. And right. So, I mean, I, I highly recommend that book. Because it will blow your mind once you take those, once you go through things and understand that, well, damn, I actually make these mistakes too in how I frame and how I think. And so what I work to do is have empathy for everybody. Not that I, I have no tolerance for somebody doing something racist, mm-hmm. but I have empathy for understanding how that can happen and how we are all, because to me, we're, 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 when we talk about prejudice and racism in general, mm-hmm. I almost think it's the distinction without a difference because it still has the same effect. What one has, what one will do is it will still keep people down because they have these beliefs and don't understand these beliefs because they're being reinforced. So I just want to make sure that, you know, as we approach uh, it, that we have an understanding of it. So that's all I'm mean, we talking about. No, I, hear, I, I hear you. I mean, yeah. my empathy, if, if you are not black and you call me the N word and then I, I that's break different. it, that's, I break that's, it. That's, or I see, but see, but they know, but they know. Empathy, but here's the difference. Let me tell you. Drops. Right. My or not even so too. much that. Not even so much that they call me. Not, that's not even the N word, but they use certain terminology. Oh boy, or something like that. That stuff is okay. We agree there, right? You know what I mean? But most My people know not to do that. Though. That's no, like the, no, 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 no. They've gotten bolder in the well, last. Well, you, you, I'm sorry. You are right. You are right. You, you are right. New, 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 new. Let me correct myself. Over racism. Is definitely at, at its highest level here. Right. But brother, I, 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 I also think there's, but I also think there's danger in saying that that is only racism, because no, no, I, I didn't say that was only. I, I, racism. I, I, I'm just well, saying, I, I'm just. I know you did. As far as you, you talk about empathy and knowing right. how to empathize or yeah. understand why certain things are, and I think oftentimes we are too empathetic and we well, are yeah. too passive to I, let well, things. Well, I agree. With, I agree with being too passive instead so of instead of just saying. Look, man, no, we're not tolerating this. It's yeah. no different than how we refer to ourselves. And I mm. say this as, as a black person. I don't use the N-word anymore. Yeah. I, I, I have used it in times prior to, you know, growing up because I was ignorant. I didn't have a knowledge yeah. of self. 
when I got older and I got into a knowledge of self, I realized I'm not the N-word. Mm. And it's not a term of endearment because God himself has never referred to him. You go to any book, the Quran, the Bible, whatever book you do feel like you want to name, show me one passage. And this is the time where man wrote this, yeah. right? So they could have easily slipped that in. It's like they try to slip the whole hand thing in. They could have easily slipped that in. Yeah. But that goes to show you if God sees us as his sons or daughters or kings or queens or whatever, then that's why do we see ourselves as that? And why do we allow ourselves to be spoken to in that manner? Just like I told a, a, a couple of cousins of mine who were female, why y'all refer to each other as bitches? But then when a man call you that, you be want to fight. Yeah. But then if another woman calls you that, it's supposed to be cool. Where, where we've got a whole episode on that that's funny you're, yeah, you're I'm, I'm just i'm you know i'm just as an example i don't want to get off too often no no, no but, I, but i agree let me just as we wrap up this point i'll just say that uh i agree with not with not being passive about stuff empathetic to me is about understanding and then sometimes you learn how to understand so you learn how to beat them and so like that's how i look at it absolutely is, right so empathy is not i'm not saying that i'm not respond i'm not saying i'm not responding right. like i'm right. understanding how a person gets there but as I finally close this point, then I want to go on our last points here is that people generally, right, will say, will, will, will understand that someone calls you to be, if someone calls you a boy, someone, someone uh, calls you the N word, someone puts a cross and burns it up on your, on your, on your lawn. See, that is violent, overt, aggressive action and racism. Like that's what that is, but there are all different levels and, and there and there and there are microaggressions that I would argue are more harmful because people believe it's the people that believe that oh I'm a good person I'm I'm, I'm gonna give you this example from a Tana mm-hmm. Coates book he said you know back in I don't know 1955 60 I don't know the, the year exactly it was a small Pennsylvania town and they wrote a letter to the government arguing against black people coming into their town and this is what they said Nick let let's, let's just hear me out here. They said, listen, uh, government, we are good Christian going people. And, you know, we, we, we don't want any harm. We just don't want any black people in our neighborhood. Pause. <laughs> right. They, they don't see, they wrote out this letter in, in the same letter. They didn't, they did they didn't, they couldn't put it together that like, okay, we don't necessarily want to do anything aggressive against black people. We just don't want them in our neighborhood. So like they thought that, what they were saying is okay. Now, people nowadays, some people would say that, but there are, there are all types of in-betweens where people believe, well, as long as I haven't said anything or I haven't called you the N-word, then I can't have any racism in me. So why are you mad at me? That's the danger that I have. That, so that's the reason why I have a more, I have a bigger, like a bigger definition and think people need to say, okay, listen, um, unless you work at it, you're going to be racist is what I tell people because it's true. <laughs> like, unless you're going to work and get your prejudice, you're going to do things subconsciously people and you're going to do it just because it's the natural default so that's really the point i was trying to make in that and that's, that's- I, hear you. I hear you i mean there's a there's a book i always would suggest it's by uh kwame Ture, better known as stuckley carmichael or formerly known as stuckley carmichael and charles hamilton um where they talk about intellectualizing the integration of society and how if you don't study institutionalized racism you will truly overlook racism. Yeah, itself. exactly. Exactly. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's overall. That's my point. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, yeah. I I understand it. Yeah. Um, but I don't. But this is a good discussion. Like we didn't have to agree exactly on definition. No, I think no, no, it, no. It, it has some good. It brought that's up some really good points. It. it was. And, it was I, and, and I, that's why I said I don't label everybody as that because the thing about it is there are some people out there that are willing to help and do what they need to do. You just have to realize where the help comes from why they're helping and then get the help that you need to move on to the yep. next level. And, and it is, but, but I, this is another point I've been This is like, there are good, and that's why I don't draw the line between good people and bad people. Like the environment you're in and the situations mm-hmm. that, uh, that you find yourself in will, you will find yourself doing things like one, one case in point that I always use is, is, is Nazi Germany, uh, is Nazi Germany. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm always careful when I use this, but I'm very, but I'm very specific. I'm saying there are people in Nazi Germany that outside of that situation would not have gone along with everything. Right. They wouldn't have. But they were in a situation. And they and if you get to the situation, like if you if you're around an environment enough, the science shows that people that you're around literally rewire your brain. So you think that you can challenge the beliefs of people around you and some can 
but it's a lot harder to do than most people would have you believe. And you end up going with what the tribe does and you just, you just don't even see or choose to ignore the injustices and don't even realize that you're doing it. So this, all I'm trying to say is that like, it's, 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 you have to work to be that person every single day. That's what I'm trying to say. And we have to work, we have to work as black people to reject uh, all, all of the poison that's been put in the water and that's been passed down from generation to generation. I was just telling my, my uh, mom the other day, like one of these say, statements we people say all the time is, you have to work twice as hard to get half as much. I'm like, no, I want to work twice as hard and I expect twice as much. much so right. I'm rid of because, it. because like you said earlier, it's value. And we, and we, yep. we, we have seen value in ourselves. We've seen value in what we do. And this is why we're able to get the opportunities that we've been able to, that we've yep. been able to get not just because somebody was throwing us a bone because we earned that. And that's why I always stress, dude, I earned everything that I got yep. in this industry. Yes. People have come along to help me from various backgrounds, gender, orientation, the whatever, yep. but they, I earned it because if I wasn't as dogmatic and as aggressive and as focused as I was, they would have never been able to see it. It's a bit no. to say, Hmm, maybe I could try to help this dude to get wherever I, you know, yep. he needs to get to. They wouldn't have seen it because I wouldn't have been able to put in the work. Yep. It's the dog so, mentality. Absolutely. It's the dog mentality, bro. All right. Um, final two questions. And this, this one will be a lot quicker. <laughs> a committee of three who, uh, living or dead, that advises you on life, business, personal. Tell me who these three people are and why. It doesn't that, it can be, it can be parents, it can be mentors, it can be historical figures. Who are these three people and why? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, I would have to say, let's see. One, definitely, God rest his soul, was a mentor and a friend of mine, Eric Waite, who actually got me into this business. Okay. Um, he had been, he was a photographer. He'd been shooting sports many, many years prior. And uh, we met through a mutual friend. And he kind of just took me under his wing and said, look, man, I don't have a whole, I don't have a world, but the continent that I do have, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, let you, let you be a part of it and I'll show you the ropes. And he did that. I mean, he was true to his word. Um, great guy as uh, overall, as I got to know him over the course of time before his untimely passing. And he was just one of the, he used to give me a piece of advice and it still reigns with me to this day. And he says, always stay connected. That was his, always his saying, mm -hmm. always stay connected. So that's one person. Uh, second person being my mom, just because I see the hard work that she does and the dedication that she does and, <clears throat> you know, the heart that she has that I don't necessarily have all the time. <laughs> right. Because I'm, you know, being in society, I'm a little jaded. So yeah. I don't have that heart like that. I used to. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's slowly growing back. But uh, just her dedication, her focus. Um, the third person, um, I would just say it's a plethora of people up close and from afar in this industry um, that, that have helped me along the way, that have shared advice with me, showed me stuff, um, embraced me. There's a two way too many people to name. So I'll just say that group of people for the third. Okay. Uh, that have really, you know, really had... Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Impact. Really just had a, uh, yeah, it just had a significant impact in my life yeah. and still do. All right. An important conviction you have or truth that most people would disagree with you on? Um, most people would disagree with me on? It's a hard question. I, always, I love to ask it, though. Um, that I'm not sitting on a $500 million company. Mm. It just hasn't okay. come to fruition yet. All right. All right. I love that. All right. Final, uh, yeah. final question. Um, you, you, you have, uh, what's a slogan or, a, or a billboard that stands for your life? What does that say and why? Mm, slogan or billboard. Uh, I think I said it earlier. When people okay. show you what time it is, check your watch. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that, that was a good one. So Nick Hamilton, Nightcast Media. Brother, it's been a pleasure. We had some really, we had some fire conversation, man. I can't wait to get this up and get this out.
Hey, man, you know what? I can't wait either. I appreciate you. Congratulations on all your success as well, man. Thank you again for having me on your platform. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, for those who may be interested, find me at nightcastmedia.com, uh, Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA, and on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Um, YouTube channel is youtube.com slash NH Experience TV. Uh, we have all kinds of interviews from the sports world, the entertainment world, politics, uh, pop culture, tech. Uh, we got some great interviews up there, so make sure you check them out, subscribe. And uh, we got more content coming as, as Rob and I were talking earlier. Man, we have so much content, I could put it out every day for three weeks. <laughs> All right, Nick, great to have you on. Thanks, Rob. <laughs>